I like that. He's always good. He's good to everybody. He's good to you no matter how you've been to him. Isn't that wonderful? (laughs) Amen. So uh, if you believe in the power of the blood, you know your sins are forgiven. You are cleansed from all unrighteousness. And you have the liberty to come before God's throne boldly. Boldly means you belong there. You don't have any reluctance to approach him. uh, But you always approach him in respect and reverence. Amen. You don't go up there, you know, bum rushing God and demanding this and demand. He's already given it to us. Okay. So we don't have to be so aggressive. But that bold, the word bold there means without anything hindering you. Amen. So it's a good thing to know there's nothing hindering. When you depend on what Jesus Christ has done for you, there is nothing hindering your relationship with God. It's all good as far as he's concerned. Amen? So that's a good thing. So, uh, Father, we thank you. We're going to uh, ask you, Lord, to open our eyes and ears and minds and hearts to your word. We determine to mix your word with faith. We are not uh, skeptical. We are not uh, fearful hearers, but we are believers who are desiring to do your will. And we thank you, Lord, for that desire. We wouldn't want to do it if you didn't put that desire in us. So we thank you for that, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. Amen, amen, amen. So uh, today we'll talk about the discipline of the disciple. Amen. The discipline of the disciple. You all know Christianity is not a religion. You know, you can say that about other beliefs or religions, but this is not a religion. This is a way of life. Amen. And it is a disciplined way of life. Now, why do we need discipline? Why can't we just be like the uh, free spirit people? Remember in the 60s, free love, free everything and all that groovy stuff. And, uh, of course there was a legitimate move of God mixed in there. You know, whenever God starts to move, the devil will come and send a perversion. He'll send his <clears throat> little twist on things and to get people diverted. So right in the middle of the Jesus movement came the hippie movement. Amen. And, uh, God, that was where they, uh, a lot of the really, really good charismatic or spirit-filled churches in uh, California came into existence. They would baptize people in the ocean and they'd get up and smoke pot and, you know, <laughs> to get baptized. <laughs> so it was a mixture, right? And so that was a generation and, and many people will say, well, I love God, but I don't like organized religion. Well, I don't like religion either, but I do like organization. Now, don't come to me with this, I can do anything and, you know, everything's free because I know better. I got too many credit card bills to think that's true. So, you know, <laughs> but God did move in with a real move of his spirit. But you could always depend on the devil coming in right on the tail of the real to counterfeit the false. And so <clears throat> people began to understand that Christianity was a relationship with God. And that's a very important concept to understand. That when you uh, are born again, you are born of the Spirit of God and that uh, that automatically entitles you to a different relationship with God. 
And it's one that God has desired to have with his people forever, you know. He's always wanted us to come back to him so that we can complete his plan for us. No other plan is going to match what he wants us to do. No other plan is going to match what he expects out of us. Uh, If you don't have any concrete understanding of what you're to be doing and why you're here, all you have to do is pray and look in the word. And you'll find that God has ordained everybody in his church to do the same thing. And that is to follow him. And he will then direct your path and he will then open up everything else to you. Most people uh, don't have a concrete plan in life. They have a lot of things they think they would like to have or they would like to be. But they don't have a definite definite and and many people don't have a definite way of getting there you know I'll, i'm i'm gonna go i want to be a, 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 a i want to go to college and do what you know you just don't go places with nothing in mind you must go with the idea of, but see that's so common a thought that we have is is young people and and children will have that thought or they'll put a title to something i want to be a lawyer you know and somebody will come up do you know how much schooling that takes and how much money and they get talked out of it and so there's so many ideas and so many dreams and all of that that get extinguished very easily because they're not connected to the power of a vision to bring it to pass And so when God brings us in as disciples, he already knows what he wants us to be. It's already written what we're going to do. He's just helping us to get in step to fulfill that which is already forecast for us. Amen. And his vision and his understanding of who we are. You are no accident. What's inside you is no accident. What you're called to do is no accident. It's been foreordained before the foundation of the earth, which means that there is no, there's no failure, you know, ever to be expected in a plan from God. And really, this is why he gives us the discipline of discipleship. It is to, to negate that great big, uh, fail thing that stays out there for everybody. Because I don't care how much you plan and how much you save money, how much uh, you work hard and get good grades, uh, you can get it all, put it all together, and then there's the, the road that will lead to failure that many, many people get, in, get on. And so what the plan of God and the discipleship and discipline are there for is to keep us off the road called fail. Amen. Because we can easily get on there. <clears throat> God's plans always lead to success. But we must walk in a discipline with God in order to attain that success. And so when he calls us to himself, he calls us with that in mind. He has something for us to do. It's a no-fail plan. And if we will discipline ourselves to the requirements of the life in Christ, then we will have nothing but success. Because Jesus had success in everything that he did. So we can't fail if he's the author and the finisher of what we do. He's the one that when we start this race, he's right there at the starting gate 
egging us on and when we at the finish line he just waves a checker flag and <laughs> waves, waves us on in so and he walks with us and he runs with us every step of the way guides us and leads us to everything but this does require discipline it, this is not something see we all like to pick out the things that we like to do you know the fun stuff everybody likes to lead somebody to the lord but but you don't want to pray to you know like for instance if you run into somebody at the supermarket and you and they want to hear about the lord do you ever think that if you prayed about it first you understand what i'm saying see this is where discipline comes in because we all like to have that haphazard thing that happens and we can go and lead somebody to Christ or we can pray for somebody and God moves a limb or something like that. But tell the truth, it doesn't happen every day. And it doesn't happen too often. And the one element missing is a discipline that it might take to make it happen more frequently. Because if there's something in your life that happens here and there, and you want to see it happen more regularly, everybody understands that something's got to change in order for that change to take place. And so the change that must take place is there's some kind of discipline in us. Like, do we have a regular daily routine with God that says, God, I am open to what you want me to do? Do we at least grab hold of one scripture during the day or maybe the same scripture that you've had that sets you on that pace of success and open doors in God. God just where whoever you want me to talk to, I'll talk to him and, and let me be able to share the gospel. You know, you're not a social butterfly. You're there to lead them to Christ. And so having things happen consistently in our lives requires discipline disciples of God must have a discipline that is God ordained and God structured is something that he thought up not you many times the prayers we pray don't originate in our hearts independently of what God wants us to say so he grabs a hold of your heart he grabs a hold of your prayer he grabs a hold of your 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 thought life he grabs all of that And he deals with us in relationship where he allows us the opportunity to yield to his leading, to yield to what he wants us to do. And it's not like a hard thing. And this is the thing that we have to understand. It's not going to be where you can do it whenever you want to and however you want to. And when you get time, it's not going to be done on your pleasure But it will be done in such a way that there is a grace and an ease to do those things, even though they require discipline, if you know what I mean. It's like when people get you involved in bodybuilding, they'll tell you, oh, it's going to be rough for the first whatever, whatever. And it is because nobody wants to break out of the couch potato mode and doing stuff when you want to, you know, like. Oh, let me start my exercise. Finger one, being the finger two. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They get you in that gym and they start making you sweat. You understand? 
And, and, and that habit of not yielding to exercise has to be broken. And it takes a commitment of time in order for that thing to break. Because people will tell you it takes about 90 days for a habit that you have to change. Which means that you gotta do it and fail and get back up and start doing it again. Fail again, get back up and start doing it until finally your brain catches on. We ain't doing it the same old way anymore. But God, there is what we call a grace, a divine permission to do things. And Jesus says, my yoke is and my burden is light. So you can be disciplined to the things of God and not even know that you're in a pattern and you've broken old habits and you're now in a process of gaining more things in God and getting far. You know, the more you discipline yourself to the things of God, the less failure has an opportunity and quitting has an opportunity to run into your life. See, God wants us to avoid that street call quit. Because we quit so many things. When you came to Christ, you were willing to quit everything in your life because it was bad for you. Either that or it quit you. Huh? And left you high and dry. And so when you come to God, quit is, is being eliminated from your life as a starting off point. And you start entering into the new way of living, the new way of doing, the new. And the more often you go back to God for more instruction, more peace, whatever it is you go to the Lord for. The more you're falling into a discipline and you don't even know you're. Huh? God says in his scriptures, he says, for for my banished ones, I will hiss at you to bring you to me you know what that means that means like your uh let me try to think who who are y'all looking at nowadays well i'm just gonna go back old school a little bit lucius on uh that's like him coming up to you and said baby look baby you see what i'm saying and see, you you getting hooked into the discipline and you don't even know you've been roped in. Huh? Because God knows how to draw us to himself. Amen? He knows how to do that. And so what we do is we, we go and we come and we go and we come and we get drawn in and then we say, Nah, I can't be reading this word too much. I need to get out and, you know, you get out and do whatever. And then he hisses at you Come on, baby. Come on back now. Come on, baby. Come on back. Come on. You know you want to be up in here with me. Huh? Yeah. Amen. And so you, you get to be like a love junkie. I know God love me. See? Everybody can say that. And so the discipline comes Because it draws us to a place of yielding to his love. You're not being forced to read your Bible. 
you stay away from that bible so long you be like david i was glad when they said let's go to church huh Woo, i thought i wanted to be i thought i was through with the saints but yeah <laughs> huh and so the discipline that he puts us under is to live a consistent way of life under his direction and his direction only and i can't say you won't struggle against it sometimes i won't say it gets doesn't get difficult sometimes people will say they're lonely i don't know how they could be um you understand what i'm saying i I was lonely in a marriage well whatever i don't know you know how y'all live but because i didn't have god once i had god you know it was lonely no more and the relationship of the marriage was more like icing on the cake but it wasn't the cake all you married people say something here thank you leave me out here high and dry oh i thought when i got married we'll think again you marry you human and you married another human how wonderful could that be without god y'all thought i was going somewhere with that i went nowhere with that but you might as well throw it in trade it in and cash it in huh and pick up the more excellent thing and that is a life with jesus christ so if you'll turn to <clears throat> matthew chapter 4 we'll go there 419 very simple scripture we've all read it but this is upon jesus when he meets his disciples everybody who gets born again is a disciple this is no special classification it's not something that's for an extraordinary few people this is everybody the disciple the word disciple really means learner or student so these men were called to be students of jesus christ and in uh, what i say matthew four like i said four uh huh oh which one what, what, what oh yeah and jesus walking by the sea of galilee saw two brothers simon called peter and andrew his brother casting a net into the sea because they were fishers and he said to them follow me and i will make you fishers of men and right away right away see this is the calling of a true disciple a true disciple follows Jesus first call. It doesn't take 15 words in another prophecy and read it in the Bible 12 times and three confirmations. The Bible says my sheep know my voice. Even if you t- attempt to follow him and he didn't call you, he'll eventually notice you're there. But he always calls those those who respond amen if you respond by faith it's because he called you so jesus calls all of these disciples and he immediately tells them what he's calling them to 
I don't believe God leaves people in the dark for very long about what they're called to do. You're called according to what you have to offer. Gifts, knowledge, understanding, abilities, all of those things are part of your calling in God. So when God calls you, he calls you to a purpose, to a work. Many people think Christianity is just going to church. And putting money in, you know, if if they so desire. You know, many times people let that offering pass them by. But as you begin to learn what all of this is about, disciples are learners. And they're eager learners. And so as we begin to learn what all of this is all about, we begin to participate more. And that participation is something that's done by faith. So you're not a good participant You're not going to be a joyful participant. You're not going to be a participant that gets much results if you don't learn how to mix your faith in what you're doing. And faith is not a snap thing where you make a decision and you automatically go after it. Faith may take some study. It might take some prayer. It takes commitment. Faith is the spirit of God in operation in the earth to bring forth the plan of God and the promises of God. So it's not some cheap commodity where you can just come in and get it and get everything immediately after you're there. Many people get get involved in this kind of religious thinking that makes them feel that after they've been quote unquote in church or saved for a certain period of time, that they don't have to read the word as much. They don't have to pray as much. They don't. I contend that you have to do more. Because Jesus required more of his disciples. The more they walked with him, the more he required of them. He would correct them when they were not doing their best. Now, how would you like to have the teacher living with you all the time? And able to grade you and correct you and... You know, I mean, you'd be nervous. That's why he took breaks from them and they took breaks from him. He would say he would go up to a solitary place where he would pray. He would get away from them to give them a chance to, I would say, to re-up. You know what I'm saying? Like, like if you don't get, and I don't advocate this for, for anything other than the way God plans it for you. But sometimes if you feel so restricted and so compelled in a relationship, you know, like the <laughs> the brother that calls you 12 times a day, <laughs> speed down when he can't get you. Where you been? It's not like that in God. You understand what I'm saying? He doesn't stalk us. He's not forcing us. He's drawing us with love, which is something we are not accustomed to. That's why people get too far away from God and get ensnared by the devil and backslide because they're, they're, they're not accustomed to how to respond to love. You understand what I'm saying? Even the best natural husband or wife is going to have some flaw in them. It's going to have some, some place where they feel they got to force you you know what I'm saying, into some behavior, you know. Uh, well, baby, I got to have this. Uh, 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 get some of that bass out your voice. 
You understand what I'm saying? Let's bring it down a little bit, you know. Well, see, you, you don't, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. You, Poppy, can you help me out here? Can you, you, you know what I'm talking about. Where you get, do Barry from, do me, do a little Barry White for me back there, so the girls. You got a <laughs> Say, baby, come on now. <laughs> but you know, they get basier when they really mean something. <laughs> One minute he up here, the next minute. Huh? Right. That's right. Huh? That's right. I mean it now, you know. And so, <laughs> and so, but you don't get that from, from the Lord. He's the same way all the time. He's always drawing us with His love. He's always showing us that, hey, you can go that way if you want to, but I'm telling you the best way is over here because, amen? And he'll talk to you lovingly in the things that he can add to your life and the things that he has planned for you. What he's planning to do with your life if you will give it to him. So when Jesus comes, he tells us to follow him. That is a command, but it's a command in love. Because everybody who gets saved responds to it. Everybody does. As much as you know. Many times we only respond in the way we've known by tradition, you know, and that is uh, uh, religious thought. Oh, I know I got to go to church. So when you get to church, hopefully you'll get there and they'll start telling you the truth about what you're called to do. Now, many don't. Many just let you keep coming and make you think you're you're doing all you're supposed to do. But I'm telling you, there is a life in God that he wants to discipline us to so that we can receive everything that he has for us. Amen. The blessings, the work, the change in our character, all of those things. As you follow Christ, you begin to imitate him more. You begin to understand what he likes, what he doesn't like, what he expects from you, uh, what he wants you to do. You know, for for a long time, I would keep a a, a prayer cloth in my my purse. Or, you know, I, I mean, they ain't in real good condition neither. You know, you start out when when they're in a nice envelope, and then you look and the envelope's torn, and you look and there's they're down in the bottom of the purse with the tootsie roll stuck to it or the peppermint stuck to it, and you know, but you know, one day you're gonna be able to use it. Huh? And, and then finally, you begin to understand, you know, God, I'm just gonna give this to somebody because they say they're sick and this is, and, and then it happens more and more frequently. You know, and you keep nice ones in there. You know, now you got sense enough to find a book and put it between the pages of the book or something like that or got a pouch in your purse where you keep them. And, and so Saturday I'm going to the supermarket. Not Saturday was Friday. See how I'm in another world. You fried chicken all day on Saturday and you'd be in another world too. You understand what I'm talking about? But (laughs) I'm going to run out 
grab something and I'm mad at myself about because I forgot it. So I'm I'm in the and actually I was going to put up a flyer in the lobby of the supermarket. I got a lot of things to do. And so I uh this gentleman's sitting there and he wants to talk, you know. He's collecting money for veterans or something. I don't want to give. I gave to the last person sat there and I don't know what they did with that money, you know. I we give I give the wounded warrior project, you know, somebody you know something about. And he's sitting there with little flags on the table and so then he's complaining about Google, you know, he's Google searching something. I say, Yeah, I hear they just direct you where they want you to go and blah this. Small talk, but keeping it moving. So I'm sticking the flyer on the bulletin board and he says, yeah, I got this constant pain. Uh Constant pain means God sent you there. You didn't come there for just what you want. Then I'm standing there and I'm thinking, and he tells me he's, ordering some stuff oh yeah this stuff it doesn't seem like it's too expensive and i say yeah i hear that stuff pretty good but god wants you well i want to give you something now i'm praying for you in agreement with you and i'm fishing in my purse and i'm hoping it's not in the bottom stuck with but i don't find a prayer cloth i find another piece of cloth it's a little really a cloth pouch and it, <laughs> it wasn't the one with the two C's backwards on it. <laughs> I could give it away. You know, God will only command so much stuff out of you. You know yeah. what I'm saying? He'll give you stuff you'll part with. And it was a little pouch that some earrings had come in or something. And so I told him, I said, I'm going to lay hands on this. I said, I'm going to pray for this. I said, and I'm going to let you see the power of God. It's going to come on this cloth and it's going to heal you. Yeah. I said, because God wants you well. So I take the little pouch. I feel so proud of myself because I had something in there. And I told him, I said, here, feel this. He said, oh, it's warm. I said, yeah, that's the Holy Ghost. I said, he is going to take all that pain out of your body. I said, so just believe. And so he said, oh, really? Thank you. And he gets up and he wants to hug me. And then I got to think, did I take a shower before I ran out of <laughs> So I'm there with a hug. That guy. And you know how Christian men will just give you, eh, this guy's excited, you know. So I said, okay. I am a sweet, sweet savor of Christ. I have a sweet fragrance today. But see, this is, this is part of the discipline. This is part of what God will have you do just to be a servant of his and just so i got some some straightening up to do see i can't run out sans sans le bon or whatever you know what i'm saying okay can't run out like that <laughs> right <laughs> or wait till late in the evening and say oh i missed it all day today i'll just jump in there now you know, it's discipline. I'm trying to tell you, I'm not trying to tell you I'm stinky all the time. I'm trying to tell you 
even even when you're open to do the things of God and, and you got everything all lined up, there's always going to be something else you got to tighten up on. You understand? The discipline continues to come into your life. The discipline continues to compel you to be more aware of who you are in Christ at all times. Be more aware of situations God might put you in. This awareness has to come in as part of your discipline, your routine of living for God. You can't take a day off. You can't take a day off of being saved. You can't take a day off of serving. You can't, you can't remove yourself from the follow me command because that's in you already. And at some point, that's going to start speaking to you. I don't care how much you try to run away from God and do your own thing. That follow me is going to shake you up at some time in the future. Amen. And it's going to show you who you really are. So when Jesus said, follow me, what that means is that you are chosen and you have no choice. When you begin to follow him, it puts you under a discipline of being led by the Spirit of God and a restriction. You cannot follow him and have your own plans. You can have desires, but you can't have plans for how to get them. Got me? Because he already has that planned out. And so his plan for you will lead you to a place of success, no fail, no quit. And that's what he wants to keep us out of. Because everybody has quit in them. You may not live in it a lot. You may, you may have grown and disciplined yourself to the point where you can avoid it most of the time. But quit is sitting in there somewhere waiting to get back involved in your life. Many times people get pulled off the trail of God through, uh, I I guess I would say wrong thinking about who you are and where you are and your situation and why it's taken so long and why don't you have this and why hasn't God done that? Look at what he does for this person and that person. Anybody can get pulled off into Failure, quit, stopping, all of those little places, if they let any of that interfere with the plan of God. So not only do you have to do the things God requires you to do, you gotta stay in a mindset. You gotta stay in a mental position. You gotta stay in a spiritual position. You gotta stay in an emotional position that pleases God. So it does take discipline. There are some things you can't afford to do because they will compromise any of those things in your life and draw you off. And, and you know, some people like living the edgy life. I don't. Huh? I don't. I like living close to God. Because, see, what the devil did to me before I was saved, I'm not going back to that. You know what? I, I'm not really. I'm not. I don't play around with him. I don't let him get involved in anything I have anything to do with, uh, you know, and I'm, I'm very adamant about that because 
Jesus paid too much of a price for me to start playing around with the devil again. Get real. See, my my biggest quest is to pay him back for everything he did to me. You understand what I'm saying? Now, how do you do that? You don't do it in the flesh. You do it by following Jesus. Huh? And letting the devil know, you know, at every turn, that Jesus spoiled principal. You don't have any power. You, you don't have none. Huh? Even if you fall into the devil's clutches, you find out he don't have no power. Find out it was all a ruse. All it was something he told you to get you to step away from God. But as quick as you step away, step back on in there. Amen. Because he will always take you back. You need to understand that the disciple is not above his master. So the things that Jesus endured, we will endure. He was obedient unto death to his will. And we must be also. So the discipline really is to keep your will out of your way. Huh? Keep your will out of your way and keep your will subjected and submitted to the will of God. So once you understand that your biggest enemy is you, but you can let yourself die to those old desires, the old dreams, the old everything. When you find out you can do that and you'll have a fuller life than what you had before. Because God is, he He dwells in us and he completes us. So the Bible says you're really not lacking anything. Huh? You, all you got to go go do, do is go back and talk to the source again. If you feel lack or you feel something's not right, you go back to the source and get reassured about what it is that he has promised you. And know that it's on time, it's on schedule. Huh? It will be arriving at gate. So, you know, it's, it's going to be like that. Amen. It's on order already. But you stay in one of them, them depressed and crazy moods, you'll miss the gate. Huh? You'll wind up at hell's gate and you're supposed to be over here waiting on God to bring it to you. And so we have to be careful that we stay under the discipline that God has provided for us. Yes, I will take a shower before I go out of the house every time, <laughs> you know. Okay, in the house too. See, this is the thing. I got cornered by a neighbor that came to my house one time. <laughs> so, <laughs> now, you know, when you're not, when you don't have a living spouse anymore, you get a little lazy, you know. Me and, me and Pastor Shirley have a, I tell her, I said, Gigi, I stink, texting. She said, I stink too. I said, I don't care. She said, me neither, you know. <laughs> and Poppy, give me some bass. Say, not allowed. <laughs> See? <laughs> but see, when you get a little freedom, you do all them things. It's just naughty girl things. Anyhow. But, uh, anywho. Uh, <laughs> well, I forgot, no, you got a husband on the road too. Hey, <laughs> you might be able to see. Poppy said not allowed though. But, uh, yeah, so see, the discipline is ongoing. I can't cheat or I'll be embarrassed and I'll be 
God, why didn't I do that? We talked about this already. Anybody ever done that? So discipline, after a period of time, becomes our satisfaction. See, every time I step out of the shower, I say, Jesus, I did this for you. (laughs) What? (laughs) Seriously. What can we go do today? Huh? Until I get back in the groove. Be a good girl all the time about everything. That's just an example. I'm just telling on myself. Your thing might be something else. Understand what I'm saying? Some part of it's rebellion. Part of it's angry because I'm by myself. You understand what I'm saying? You got to get it under where it belongs. Amen. And so God wants us <clears throat> to live a life of peace, a carefree life, a life under his discipline and under his tutelage. Don't ever think that what you are doing doesn't matter. It counts. It's important. It's vital. And God wants us to live for him every single day. So the disciple transforms us into his image. And we, uh, the, the discipline, I'm sorry, transforms us into his image. We stand still and in that way we know he's God. And so we imitate him in every way. So discipline becomes our satisfaction. We feel good that we obey God and we feel good that we do the necessary and preliminary things that it takes in order to accomplish something for God. So then the discipline in the way of life becomes your joy. Not the thing that you're doing it for. See, for a season, that'll work for you. But after a while, praying for people, and leading people to the Lord and all that will begin to be old hat. And it'll get to be a chore. You can easily change your attitude about anything that you do. But after a while, you begin to feel peace and contentment in the discipline of what you do, not just what you are doing for God. Because those opportunities might be few and far between. So you can't live on God using you to pray for people. God using you to, you can't live off the praise report. You have to live off the everyday relationship with God and let pleasing him through your lifestyle be what it is that you draw your encouragement from. You know, it's like, God, I, I'm, I'm going to do this and I've been putting it off and I know I should do it. And then, and then you get up and do it and you say, well, that's one thing. I feel good about that. You know, you can't tell me if something burdens your mind and you get it done. You don't feel better for having done it. Well, that's when the lifestyle and the discipline become your payoff. You can't live off miracles and how you feel about them. Amen? Because they don't come often enough. And as soon as you start to get to be a, a, a miracle junkie or a healing junkie or something like that, that thing will dry up or the doors will close up. And you'll start wanting, well, what happened to me? How come I don't have it anymore? You never did have it. Amen? wasn't yours 
And so God is just calling us to a life that that's going to keep us down here for and being successful for as long as he wants us to be here. You know, pray for more open doors. You know, you got people at your job, you know, they need God. But see, we look at them as mountains instead of looking at them as some we just speak to. Now look, mountain, you leave them alone and, and God, you, you let me know what they need. Let them come to me. Let them find me on the lunch hour. Let them find me here. Let them find me there, God, so that I can get them closer to you. And just live that disciplined life of always being on call for God. Just always being where he wants you to be. Always You know, it, it, be careful what you tell yourself you're never going to do. Either in word or in your heart or in your attitude or whatever. Because God requires you follow him wherever he goes. So you really can't say what you're going to do or when you're going to do it. You just have to make sure you stay disciplined to, I got to hear from God and I got to know what he's saying and I got to know what he thinks about this. I got to know these things. Because that's where my life is. Amen. My life is with him. It's not any other place but with him. <clears throat> so disciplines are, are kind of unique. We we feel good about the discipline. I can tell you, you know, we'll do something like we'll cut back on certain things we've been eating. And we lose like 5 pounds, 10 pounds. And you feel so good about yourself. But underneath you need to be nervous. Uh, Because you know the drill. (laughs) Temptation Island. Uh, And them little same, I tell somebody said, so-and-so lost 50 pounds. I said, listen, I've lost 500 at least three times. Got nothing on me. I I know the the weight loss game. People say, well, this is the only one that works. No, they all work if you follow them. You know, the problem is not the diet, it's the follower. People crazy. And then, and then they sell a bunch of stuff to a bunch of crazy people. Oh, this is the best one. It's the only one that works. They lose that same first 10 pounds. I told somebody one time, she said, she said, I hate to be so cynical, but some people just deserve it. They just walk into the trap. Oh, I, I lost, I lost 10 pounds. I said, girl, you can get on the scale and get scared and lose 20. I've done it. <laughs> I said, what? <laughs> like CC, where'd that come from? Huh? I mean, you, I got scared to eat. I lost 20 pounds in what? But no, I'm not doing it. Look at where this is. I remember I was, I was scared for like 10 days and then I said, Oh, okay. <laughs> Back to normal. Yeah. I'll know that's true. And see, we flip out about these things. And make a big, you can make a religion out of anything. Huh? Make a religion out of what you eat, what you don't eat, where you go, where you don't go. Come on now. So long as you follow Jesus. Huh? Maybe he'll get you on a spiritual treadmill and you lose him pounds anyway. But follow him. You understand? Just make that your priority of following the Lord. He'll take care of all that other stuff. 
Amen. Because we, <laughs> Lord knows I can't take care of mine too well. But I'm working on it. Many times the, the, the discipline, you know, you, you get into. Now this is something people do, uh, uh, in school. You know, if you do well academically. The importance of that is not your grade. It's what it takes to get that grade. And see what it has, and this is why many people have college educations and don't excel at anything. They get through school, they three point this, four point that, whatever point, point, point. And then they get out from under that stricture of having to produce a grade. And then everything falls apart. They don't want to get up in the morning. Everything that they don't want to stay up and study. They don't want to do any of those things anymore. Because I got my piece of paper. I'm done with all of that. And I got it made. That's what human flesh always likes to think. I don't have to do the nitty gritty things. I don't have to do the discipline anymore. I don't have to turn down my plate when I know it's necessary to do it. I don't, you understand what I'm saying? We want to get to the point where we have it made and we don't have to stand up under the discipline anymore. When actually God is trying to make the discipline second nature to us. So that we can encourage ourselves, pat ourselves on the back when we fall into that life of discipline rather than looking at what's the discipline going to get me. Huh? If I do this more, God, are you really going to give me this over here? Or if I cut out doing this, God, and is it really going to make a difference as to how fast I get You understand what I'm saying? So human flesh always fights the discipline. You got to understand that the discipline is what is going to make you compatible with life in heaven. It's no lone rangers up in heaven. And God is grooming us to get us to the place where heaven is so, is so second nature to us as a dwelling place. That when we step over, it's we're taking it with us like we had it while we were down here on earth. That's what God wants. That's the way he wants us to live. He wants us to live heaven down here on earth and make that our habitat. Make a, That's what the discipline's for. It's to bring heaven down here to you and have you live heaven in your midst so that you don't have to struggle for everything you don't have to wait forever you don't have to be in doubt as to whether you're doing the right thing doing the wrong thing did i do this wrong did i do where did i mess up god where do you understand you're not to live like that amen i was married to a show enough brother and i didn't live like that you know i just said behind his back (laughs) no but you know what i'm saying you don't live in fear constantly that you've messed up some kind of way (laughs) i knew i'd messed up so you know what i'm saying huh i ain't betty crocker not that that's wrong you understand what i'm saying but but there's a grace 
in love. There's grace in a marriage. There's grace in a relationship where you need to know you haven't broke the last straw. You're not to live in fear of disappointing somebody all the time and call it a love relationship. You live with God long enough and he'll show you who you are. He'll show you that you were created to be loved and to love. Amen. Not catered to, but genuinely loved. And you're called to love other people. And it's fitting. It's proper. It fits you. It's the right thing for you. It's not extraordinary. It's not exceptional. It's what you were made for. And cut out the nonsense, you know, the extremes of it. Enjoy the discipline God puts you under. He wants you with him all the time. That's what he's trying to get us. It's not about, you got to do this and got to, it's not about that. It's about companionship with him. You should want to do it. Brings you closer to him. Huh? You know, in the Old Testament, prophets lived with their students all the time. And and for a good reason. Um, I think it was Elisha, Elisha, with the students. And they, they wanted, <laughs> this is a deal. They're all living together in a community. It's a school of the prophets. So you had your house with your family, but it was on campus, so to speak. So you all live in close proximity so that you could learn the ministry. Well, he gets a bunch of students and they said, mm, we, we don't like living here so close to you. That's what they really meant. Huh? Oh, don't worry. I ain't going to ask none of y'all to come live with me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They wanted a break. From talking about miracles, talking about the scriptures. Really serious? You want to break from that? So they said, oh, you know, it's too too tight. The confines were too close to everybody. We want to go over here and build us our own place. So the prophet said, be my guest. The minute they get over there, they have an accident. They don't even own any kind of equipment to build with. They borrowed somebody's axe head and it fl- fell in the river. Oh, Elisha, Elisha, my father, my father. See, the minute you get away from God and the discipline of living, something is going to happen where you got to call on him anyway. So you might as well stay and get over your hang-ups. About having to do this and having to do that and too much of this and too much. And when am I going to get my this? If I don't get it today, I'm just, I'm just done. Well, get done. We'll stick a fork in you. You understand what I'm saying? But see, that's the human flesh fighting discipline. That's all it is. It's a discipline to stay close to God. Not to do this and do that and give up this and give up that. Don't do this and don't do that and be here and be there. It's a discipline to follow him. That's all he ever told the disciples to do is follow me. And he knew when they got sick of him. So he said, okay, fellas, let me go pray. I'm going over here by myself, pray. And they gave them a break. You understand? God won't press you 
beyond what you're able. But he will press you. He'll press you out of your selfishness. He'll press you out of your wanting to get alone so you can, you know, <laughs> talk about the minister. You know, people do that stuff. I ain't saying I'm talking. I ain't no throwing no shade on nobody. But you know what I'm saying. That's what people do. Hey, a lot of times people go to church together, get in the car, and they say, did you hear what she said? Did she hear I don't know if that's right. Let me look in my Bible. You need to look in it all the time. At least I force you to get in your word. Huh? <laughs> Got the Bible upside down, ain't read it in so long. <laughs> and I was listening to, to Joel Osteen. He said, <laughs> "Go down, move on down to where is it? Where is it? Dallas or where? Houston? Hey, on down there. As long as you following Jesus, you understand what I'm saying." And you better be following him. Huh? Get yourself into a world of trouble. Huh? The enemy pressures us on the discipline. He presses us to break training. He's constantly prodding you. Well, you know, you you can take a day off. You go all the time. Yeah, devil, and that, that means now too. I ain't taking a break for you. I got a perfect record. I'm going to keep a perfect record. Then why would I mess that up? Huh? When Jesus says follow me, he means you must discipline yourself to learn of him and obey him. It will take everything that you have to deny yourself, take up your cross, and the cause of Christ. Everything. Nothing left over for you. No me time, no spa day, no. Huh? You better learn how to bend over and cut them gnarly toes yourself. <laughs> Get one of them paint rollers, roll it polish. You know what I'm talking about. Come on, y'all. You mean it's that important for you to have somebody put some polish on your toenails? Uh, go put some put some tennis shoes on. You don't have to show show them claws to nobody. Huh? <laughs> there is no and added to following Jesus. The only command is follow me, period. He adds the information you need. You're really following him into a lifestyle of regeneration. What that means is God has you on schedule that he can accomplish certain changes in you at certain points in your life. Regeneration means that he is restoring you to his original purpose for which he created you. So that you are fit to do the master's work. So that you have all the spiritual equipment you need to be successful in everything you set your hand to. You're on schedule. 
And you can't take no, you don't get spring break. You don't get, we ain't on a semester plan. You're on the every day with Jesus plan. Sometimes we set goals outside of what God has for us. Oh, I want to do this. I want to do that. We were more excited about it sometimes when we were in lack for it than we are after we receive it. Isn't that way the human beings are? You, you know, so you gotta learn how to be on an even keel at all times with God. And the way you do that is living by faith. You know, God promises you He's gonna get you the car that you like. Hopefully you get, get what you like. You understand what I'm saying? Don't get what, but get what, ask God for what you want. Because the desire is still gonna be there if you get a substitute. So you might as well ask Him for what you really, really want. And so when, when God, when you tell God what you desire, He puts you on schedule for that thing. But He is working on you and your innermost being to create the faith, to create the expectancy, to create the ability to manage it and take care of it. He's creating all of that. You gotta have faith. Sometimes people will get things they want and then they don't have faith to pay if some if it breaks down or something. And it sits there and stares at you as a monument to your lack of ability to believe God. It's, it has nothing to do with your lack of finances. See, if you think your problem's money, get saved again. And if you think your money helps you a lot, get saved again. You got me? Because people can mess up through just any kind of means. You gotta have the, no quit, no fail, I'm not walking away attitude. You get involved in situations and God will get you stuck there just to sharpen. Well, <laughs> sharpen that ability. I've had people want to steal money from me, from the ministry, from it, and I had to learn how to just endure and keep going back. Remember me? I talked to you so as we have no record of that. I know you don't, devil, because you erased it. Well, here I am again. Make a record of this one. You understand what I'm saying? And so many times God will put us under a discipline where he says, listen, I don't want you quitting. I got something coming to you soon. And I don't want you quitting and walking away from it. So I'm sharpening that ability in you through these little examples. Everything you go through is for a purpose. For your good. You're not going through anything for God or for anybody. It's for your good. What does he plan for you? What's he expecting out of you? What's he want you to do with your life? You get tested in these areas so that you can excel for him through his power. He doesn't want you going anywhere and, and trying to muscle somebody or, huh? I mean, in the flesh. <laughs> I muscle, but it's spiritual. No. <laughs> You understand what I'm saying? Sometimes you will have to get firm with people. 
You understand? But I've found the older I get, the more patience I have because I sit there and do my nails while they lose my records again. You understand what I'm saying? I got nothing better to do than to call you and make sure you send my stuff to me. I made a purchase and I found out that they, oh, give it, we give you refund, you know. Refund, you know, came in pieces. Refund part of it. Oh, we missed that one. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, right, 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 right. Took me 45 days to get all my money back. Now, most people would have quit when they got most of it. And crabbed and complained, well, you know, I have no complaint. See, because I know that doesn't belong to them. Once I know it ain't yours and it's mine, I'm getting it. In Jesus' name. Because if I am that slothful with something for me, I'll be that way with your life. You understand? See, you can't trust people who will walk away and shrug their shoulders so easily. Oh, it doesn't matter. Oh, it's going to be all right. Oh, it's okay. No, it's not okay. Because God's put a standard in me. I'm trying to get it in you. Why? Why am I trying to get it on? Well, you can't force people to think like you. You didn't hear what I said. I said, God put a standard in me. It's my job to get it in you. Because I know that's what's lacking in your life. Well, I'm just waiting on God to do. Now, look, you can't just make people. No, I can't. All I can do is live godly before you. Huh? And expect as I obey him and I develop the discipline necessary that if you listen and you receive, then it'll get in you too. And you won't be a pushover for the devil. And he won't take your children. He won't take your marriage. He won't take your husband. He won't take your money. He won't take anything from you. Because I don't let him take it from me. I don't care how long it takes either. I get sick of Christians co-signing everything. Oh, it's okay. No, it's not. Who told you it was okay? It's wrong, 100% wrong. Huh? (laughs) I just thought about something. Stop it, Nikki. Okay, we'll go there. Throwing away the empty jars just because they're empty. Huh? Everybody here heard about it yesterday. Because we're getting a discipline, right? Because we need the discipline. We need the mentality that says we don't waste. We're not slothful. We don't throw away. We learned how to obey. We learned how to do those things. You got me? Because we live in a discipline. And it's not okay. How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? 
But what's that have to do with bottles? I don't know. But what did, did, uh, Weed Hopper and Mr. Miyogi, huh? Y'all like that kind of, he wanted to get there tomorrow. But what did he have to do? Go pick up sticks. Go to, you understand what I'm saying? See, when it gets real tight, that's about the place you're going to cave in and say, okay, I, you know, I'm going to do it whether I see it or not. I'm going to do it whether I believe in it or not. I'm going to do it because it's a discipline that apparently I need. Didn't know I needed it, but I believe if it's God, it's going to come in handy one day. You got me? And it will. I tell people all the time, I say, you go bankrupt trying to eat. Now think about it. The way many people eat. We we live in a generation young people are very fast food drive through oriented. You're trying to feed babies and in, in yourself in a growing household on going through the drive through. Oh, excuse me. I go through the deli and I get prepared food. Which is a sin. You hear me? I said sin. S-I-N, sin. No. You don't have that kind of money. Huh? You you really don't. Because you got to give to God. You got to pay your bills. You got a lot of stuff you got to do. And drive through every every time you turn on the heat in there. Huh? <laughs> He who finds a wife finds a girl. Yeah, right. He going to find you. Listen, when all them women in the Bible, which now that I'm thinking about, it's my new book. (laughs) I'll cut it out. (laughs) I just thought that's the way they do. Don't they do that on TV? They, They pitch they stuff. By the way, I have a new book out. But <laughs> what was I talking about? Them women in the Bible, they had a hump in their back working, pumping water at the well, out there with the cattle. Your wife smelt like sheep when she got up to meet you. And got found like me <laughs> no shower in the in the supermarket whatever you understand what i'm saying <laughs> stop it stop. he who finds a wife huh where you going to find you huh and don't be cruising these big churches you know that's what a lot of women well we in such a small church I don't even know if I ever find me a husband. No, he will find you though. That's why you're here so you can be found and not go cruising looking for somebody. Huh? A lot of men just, they want a church girl. Huh? Because they have a very poor opinion about church women. Huh? You treat them any kind of way, they ain't going nowhere. She a church girl. Huh? Mm-hmm. So you got to put the high value on yourself. That's 
you got to add the value to who you are according to what God tells you about yourself. And just keep praying, keep serving God, and let yourself be found. But I'm going to tell you, don't nobody get found in no drive through You're moving too fast. Uh-huh. Moving right along. Discipline begets power. Luke chapter 9. This is what you do it for. So you're not the same old, same old. You're not a pushover. You're not a failure. You're not just trying things. You're successful. 9 verse 1, Luke. Then he called his 12 disciples together and gave them power and authority over all devils and to cure diseases. And he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. And he gave them instructions. Don't take anything for your journey, neither staves nor script. You know, there's no protection, no extra money, no bread, and not two coats. Whatever house you enter into, stay there and then depart. Whosoever will not receive you. When you go into that city, shake off the dust from your feet for a testimony against them. Now, these are pretty explicit instructions about how to conduct yourself when you're a minister for Jesus Christ. Even a believer ministering for Christ. It does not say to get them to advance you a certain amount of money, whether they can afford it or not. Put you up at the best hotel. Five star. Huh? Not four, five. Huh? Pay for it, give you advance money, pay for your plane tickets, first class, not coach. And, oh, you know, uh, 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 uh apostle so and so and prophetess so and so, uh, they, 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 they get disturbed, the anointing get disturbed. <laughs> and coach. <laughs> That's your cue to cancel the whole show. If they get an anointing that's disturbed, you don't want them there. You understand what I'm saying? I don't want no disturbed anointing coming up in here doing nothing for us. Or trying to do nothing for us. Bankrupt these people and don't care. You think God's in that? But the discipline begets power. You step out of discipline, you begin to lose power. Hmm? If God's not pleased with something, he'll let you know. Huh? Following Jesus means power. He gives you power to follow him. Power to do what he instructs you to do. Power to bless. Power to heal. Power to do everything that's required and increase until you are doing greater works. And so he wants this to accelerate and never peter out, never fade out. 
But if we don't develop a discipline of following him and being obedient to him, we'll have these ups and downs in our life. You know, for a season we seem to be doing okay, and then all of a sudden something happens and back to square one. He never ordained for your life to be like that. You're, you should grow from one glory, one realm to the next realm. The path of the righteous is a shining light, grows brighter and brighter unto the perfect day. And don't get dim and then light up and dim and light up. That's a drug addict. You understand what I'm saying? You, you crash, you have real high one minute, you crash. Huh? Can't live like that. So he is here to make us into his servants, his students, and his disciples. This is the life he has really promised for us. To be fruitful, multiply, replenish, subdue the earth. This is what Jesus did when he walked the earth. Following him means power. You have power to increase power to stay away from the things that cause you to decrease amen matthew 9 28 tells us that we are to follow him into the regeneration regeneration which means that we are being started over again in the image of christ you are a new creature old things have passed away everything has become new now And so you have no past. You have nothing to fear. You have nothing to to say you're going to run into something that that you did terrible or something like that. Don't ever fear your your past mistakes coming in to impringe upon your life. Amen. Oh, things have truly passed away. Even the things you did as a Christian that happened yesterday, tomorrow, next year, tomorrow, anytime. Those things, if you confess them, they are passed away because they're forgiven. So you have no reason not to want the discipline that God will put in your life. He's calling us to the more because the world requires it. You think people out here are just sitting around being mean people and bad people because they want to? Most of them are trapped. Most of them are blind. Most of them, they know it's wrong, but they don't know how to get out of it. And see, the devil is so lied about Christians that they don't think we're the answer. And we don't have the answer. And so we're going to have to have more of him. We're going to have to live in a discipline now that you just don't walk away from from whatever you think is unpleasant in your life. You don't get so desiring something and wanting something so bad that you jump at the first thing you understand what i'm saying you you've got to call yourself into a god if this is you kind of thing uh and if this is not you kind of thing uh because there there are people who are christians who are you know bigamists and divorced and looking for people on the internet and all this you know christians just because they say they saved that don't mean they saved they got to live saved and act saved. That's why it's good to stay in a place of expectancy in God, but not desperation. You understand? You can be expectant about every good thing he's going to bring to you, but you cannot be desperate for, for anything. And God will bring a, a discipline to you 
where you're not moved. Huh? By certain things. You're not moved by certain kinds of enticements. You're not moved so easily. Because you think this is your last chance to. Huh? Your last hurrah. That's what the devil's banking on. That you'll get stupid. and You understand what I'm saying? Think this is it. You know, I've seen people on the internet and they're ministers and, uh, well, uh, are you, why are you on here? And I'm thinking, I don't even know at this point. What you mean, why am I on here? Huh? And you know, they think they romancing you and enticing you and, and the stuff you look on that list and you say, them's felonies. You know what I'm saying? It's, I can't get involved in this. And it's reverendness and Dr. Reverendness and you understand what I'm saying? So it's a good thing to be in the discipline of God. It'll protect you from a life of, of, uh, felons. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Talking about handcuffs and all. I was like, wait a minute now. I know that ain't in no Bible. You understand? <laughs> I'm messing with y'all. How many minutes I got? Okay, Father, we thank you. (laughs) Thank you, Lord. We bless you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Father, I just thank you that we are wise in you. Thank you, Lord, that we have a discipline that lets us in the door of wisdom, greater wisdom, everything, Father. Great wisdom you give to those that you love. Just like you gave to Solomon, Lord. That's all he asked you for. Because he didn't ask you for certain things, you gave those anyway. Because they were already ordained for him. So Lord, let us rejoice in what's ordained for us. Let us rejoice in the day-to-day living with you to honor you and to love you. And we thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen and praise God. If anybody needs prayer, come on up and I'll pray for you. Mighty to save, mighty to heal, mighty to do mighty things. Oh, your God is mighty, 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 mighty. Oh, the mighty God lives in you. He loves you, he dwells with you, cause he wants to. He has chosen you, he's the mighty God. He's almighty, mighty God, mighty God. Worship the mighty God, love mighty God. He'll do wonders for you, signs and wonders for you. He's bigger than the sin you used to be in. He's bigger than that. He's bigger than that. He's bigger than that. Oh, for you parents, your kids playing in the basement, but God's down there with them. Hallelujah, says the Lord. Oh, let them run around in that nasty basement. And they'll get up one day and say, hallelujah, come on God, come back into my life in a full way. Oh, he's a mighty God, he's bigger than problems. He's bigger than mistakes, he's bigger than sin, he's bigger than everything. Oh, yes he is. He's proven that over and over again. He's bigger than, bigger than, bigger than, bigger than, bigger than, bigger than. Look at him as the great big God, the God who's too big for letting your kids go away forever, says the spirit of the living God. He's got him on a short leash. He's tightening it up right now. Oh, I'm pulling him in, says the Lord. Don't look at what you see. Look at me. 